millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Creep Dive. This is the Creep Dive. This is Tuesday. Where our live shows are booked in and we're raring to go. If you've got tickets, we, we can't, can't wait. wait to see you. Yeah. Um, it's going to be class. Halloween is Christmas. It is our Creepmas. I'm buzzing for them, actually. It's I'm coming be really back up from Cork on the Monday at four o'clock. And heading straight to, to the Bernard Shaw for the ghosts and ghouls. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I'm having great fun with my research. Good. I know. Mm. And it's hard to know kind of wh- wh- what way to play it. There's one way and it is minimal deaths. D- yeah, really? I think live shows are all about... Bit of crack. Bit, bit, of, of, crack. bit of joy. Some people love the gore. It's awkward for some reason sitting in a room with like 120 people and just bringing everyone down <laughs> that feeling where you're like so I special have ruined this everyone's night evening. and being able to see them see the whites of their eyes while you're wrecking their day it's like is different insist on putting on Joni Mitchell the river at the end of a night <laughs> <laughs> well had a river I, I could skate away on God it's me be music to my ears this week I was thinking to myself as I continuously watch bears with tapeworms coming out their rears what parasite would I like to be oh, oh good question if I was a parasite now I'm ahead of you two because I've been researching parasites yes and there's some we've covered and some we haven't off the top of your head there guys yeah mm. what do you think for yourselves I'd take the uh, ant possessor the fungus. Yes. Oh yes, I do Love enjoy that, that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And I'd make the ant host do my bidding. Mm. I love that. Which would probably you. just be working together with the other ant community to carry larger things across distances. To did you ever feed see on. ants do that? 
uh, carry enormous weights on their backs. Yeah. They are so team focused. Yeah. They are truly. Them and the bees. They mm. would nail. They really work well together. A very they? successful community. Yeah. No, and a clear leader in both. The queen. And nobody fucks with her. She's got one job. To get inseminated. and sassy. Pump out the eggs. Mm. Get fed through the mouth. And get looked after. Stunning. I yeah. could do that. I don't know about all that... Uh, Okay, Cass, any parasites come to mind for you? I would like to be one that lives in water during the day and then goes in the mouth and lives in the gut and then comes back out and goes back into the water stream. I'll give you one of them. Hmm. I'll give you the name. And um, Let's start with the parasite I would most like to be. And it's the tongue-eating type. Okay. <laughs> this is a really... Tongue is a delicacy. Interesting. I'm going to try and pronounce my name. Chymothia exigua. And I am an isopod. I start off my life as a male, but I can switch to whatever sex I like at any time after wow. that point. Keep it spicy. Keep isopod. it spicy. What's an isopod? It's, a, you know, like a woodlouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shelled creature, many legs. Oh, mm. love it. So this, I enter my host fish tiny when I'm tiny through the gills. Oh, crafty. No one ever expects the gills. And I set up camp there and I begin to mature. <laughs> I decide I'm going to become female and so I do as I am a hermaphrodite and I exit the gills and secure myself to the tongue of the fish oh god and here's why I really get down to business <laughs> so I'm piercing the tongue and I begin blood sucking from the source mm. and that's my nutrition and I gradually increase in size <laughs> As I envelop the entire tongue. And is the fish just going about its day? The fish is going about its day. Wow. Uh, I don't drain enough to kill the fish. I just... Is it, are, you not, are you a bit of an irritant to the fish? Yes, or the I fish would say. not notice? A fish not having hands can do nothing about it. <laughs> It'd be like having something in your teeth oh, without hands. Like if you're a T-Rex and you yes. just had a bit of grizzle in your tooth. There's nothing you can Imagining. do. Could the fish help each other? Um, I They're don't think so. They're not teamwork focused. Correct. So loser, silly, self-minded bastards. Except in Finding Nemo. Except that. They, fa- they work together. So I don't kill the fish, obviously. Draining away the tongue until it eventually wastes away, leaving me in its place. Ha! I am a pseudo tongue. <laughs> Beautiful. Fish alive and kicking. Uh, eating food, doing what it can to masticate it in its mouth <laughs> as I am there in the host of a tub. Fish food going past the roof of me and getting sucked into the bottom. Uh, so you think like, I'll just enjoy myself there and everything will be fine until a male appears crawling up from the gills of the fish oh, that no. I am living in. It's mating season. It's going to mate with me. Oh, fabulous. Inside the mouth of the fish. (laughs) And can I say, I'm quite enormous at this time. (laughs) I am poking out of the fish's mouth. I'm that big. Oh, wow. And I will release my babies. And so continues the cycle of me. Do you want a little picture of the fish? I'm literally Googling fish mouth parasite. See how big I am? It's so cute. Living in there, my little host. Oh, look at you. You're adorable. I know. And then I was like, there's loads of different. And we never really, uh, I thought we'd just kind of 
with oh, look at you. parasites in mind, do a little bit on the guinea worm. Look at this one with your little beady eyes. He, oh, I'm looking directly out. Like yeah. I'm driving my car, <laughs> which is so, the fish. It's so cute. <laughs> it's really amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's so disturbing. So have we heard of the guinea worm? Of course we all have. And it's really dreadful because of the horrendous pain it causes and it comes out in such a dreadful manner i love this article before you move on there's an article here called why no fish wants a tongue-eating parasitic (laughs) louse in its mouth it's like obvious i mean you've answered your own question (laughs) in that statement okay sorry go go on okay we're back in wormland and let's say i was i'm a guinea worm on this occasion I'm starting out very, very, very small, so microscopically small that I am ingested by a water flea. Wow. Then the real journey begins for me because I exist in pools of water that might be thirst quenching to a human. Uh Uh-oh. Happily floating there, I see an empty cup come from above. Uh Uh-oh, no. And I slink into the glass of water. And in the body of my host, a human, I am still within the flea. Sorry, at this point, the flea dissolves in the stomach acid of the human. I am released for journey to begin. I begin to burrow my way through the intestinal wall with ease. I will begin then to mature in the body. Oh, I'm I'm looking at your I life could, cycle here. I could get to an incredible 80 centimetres in length. Jesus. Wow. Unbelievable. You're amazing. At this point, I am. There's, there's others with me. Uh, there's male and females. And I will worm myself around the body and locate a mate. Oh. And I will, at one point, if I am lucky enough to find a mate carry three million embryos oh my god the male will shrivel up and die because that's all they're good for (laughs) and i will begin to slither through the subcutaneous tissues of my host each slither causing immense pain oh god and my final resting point is in fact the foot of my poor poor host here I pierce oh, the skin, God. erupting in a painful blister for the host. Oh. It burns so bad that my human host will throw their foot into water to try to ease the pain. But that's exactly what I want. Oh, no. I begin to wriggle and poke my head out. Oh. And I hear you saying, what about your embryos, Jen? There's three million of them inside you. Oh, fuck. Don't worry, I've got a plan. I begin to retch and vomit my embryos out of my mouth into the water. Oh, God. So that the life cycle can, in fact, continue. Oh, God. And someone else can chow down unsuspectingly on the fleas that eat me. And the journey continues. But that's when my must go to my body. I'm still alive. I'm halfway out of foot. My (laughs) poor host is in severe pain. But they must not do the thing that could cause them almost a deadly reaction, an immune reaction, which is break me in half. Oh, oh God. So you can't pull. Instead, so to coexist with you. They must slowly but surely wrap me around a pencil or a stick. Ah, yes. 
inching ever gently out and out excruciating pain. Oh, good God. It is very, very bad. And that is another option for you if you wish to become a parasite. And like, how do they know when you're all out? Well, slowly, my tail will just come out and that'll be the end. But you want to be very sure you don't break me in half. Oh, my God. This Google image search is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Did you do we have time for one little more? Oh, God, yes. yes. So let's talk about it's the parasitoid easy. I like it. Are you ready? The majority of wasp species, apparently, are parasitoids. So that means they steal the body of another organism, use it as a nursery for their young and eat through the host while it's still alive. Jesus, I didn't know that. There you are. Uh, you know about the fig, obviously. No. All figs have a wasp inside them. What? That's right. All figs? That's how they pollinate. What? So, so a what fig. to me now? You've got it. it. You just ingest the dead body of the wasp and that's Shh, the end of it. No. Look it but up. Like I've never noticed a wasp inside any figs when I'm cutting them up. To be fierce small, you see. These are tiny weeny things. Oh my God. So Big wasp. let's have a little talk about this disgusting example of a parasite. Let's try to pronounce this. Glypadopedid tells wasps. So this members of this genius lay up to 80 eggs into live caterpillars. And they hatch, eat the caterpillar alive, eat their way through the caterpillar skin, attach themselves to nearby foliage and form a cocoon. But then there's a twist because the caterpillar turns bodyguard and it ignores the daily leaf chomping duties and stands guard over the pupae that of the wasp that, that exited its body. Isn't that amazing, That's guys? so mm. bizarre. So it violently swings its head around, knocking predators away. And the caterpillars, turned faithful guardians, allow the wasps and their cocoons to grow up and hatch. Isn't that fucking amazing? Yeah. So the emerald cockroach wasp, or it's also called a jewel wasp, also turns its host into a zombie by injecting venom directly into its brain with a powerful sting aimed at its head. It then drags around the confused and worried cockroach. <laughs> oh, fuck. And it drags it into a chamber, lays its eggs on it. The larvae eventually hatch, bore into the host, eating its insides while it's still alive gobbling its organs until the cockroach dies and that's just a part of that oh my god oh, there's so many more parasites out there I'm are you still you? really god. upset about this fig thing yeah that's oh sorry. did you look it up there get the juice on that I'm it's very I'm interesting trying to, there's a natural history museum um video explaining but i i just i just want him to tell me it's okay to continue eating them of course it is but like Okay. There's bugs and everything. I was on my uh, doing my magic mushroom picking. Now's the time, guys. Get out. Okay, wait. Just get me some. It's okay. I just got to the end of the video and there's somebody categorically stating, don't worry, there's no dead wasps in your fig. Well, liar. So there's some way that... The wasps exit. Yeah. Or maybe that's just big fig propaganda. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking hell. Just a quick one for people are concerned on my threads. About eating tiny maggots off their magic mushrooms. And I have to say, get a life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's lame. 
on your journey to enlightenment. If you just take the maggot off, surely it's fine then. Do you not wash them? No, you just dry them up. People say the magnet, the magnets, the maggots, as you're drying them on the radiator, will just exit the. They'll be like, this is too warm and they need the moisture. I don't like this climate. I'll be leaving. And they'll make their way <laughs> down your radiator. Way your home. <laughs> into your carpets. And so the cycle continues. The magic mushroom larvae has reached its host. Maybe, in fact, really the magic element is the maggots. Oh. They contain the psilocybin we all chase. Isn't there, there is a maggot that you can eat and it gives you hallucinations. Isn't Magical there? powers. Maybe maggot. just as it, you're being poisoned, you get a flash of it. Hallucination. Although actually, I mean, it's probably more likely that I'm thinking of people having hallucinations of maggots while on mushrooms. Yes, that sounds more likely. Sophie, what have you got for us? Some meaty business. I've got some meaty business and I feel kind of self-conscious because the last episode on the main was also me delivering quite an extensive creep. That's what we're here for. But your look. Yeah, Sophie and we're out of Okay, here we go. I've eaten your tongue. Yeah. Go. I feel like I feel your presence in here in your mouth just a little adorable Jen <laughs> pressed up against your teeth out. it's the peering Assessing. out of the mouth is so cute it's my proximity to teeth and where <laughs> I really want to live it's my dentine fetish of course mm. okay have you ever heard of the ogre of aptos oh no or what about have you heard of the mad titan never have you heard of Big Ed. Is this the same guy? What? Yeah. Never. I have. Have you? Have you well, heard of the co-ed killer? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sounds familiar. I never knew that he had all these other names. It's Ed Kemper. Oh. Now, Ed Kemper was a special guest on the pod during pandemic. Yes. How yes. could we forget? If anyone remembers, Seb Kemper appeared um, and I interviewed um, Ed Kemper. That was amazing. And did he show his face or did we ha- you had him like the he camera? Well, you see, Ed Kemper was six foot nine. <laughs> so we were <laughs> so only looking at the shoulders. You only could That's see why. up to like the nipples, basically. And so because Ed Kemper is full of sound bites, shall we say. So there's so much interview footage of this guy. He never shut up, never shut up after he was uh, convicted and imprisoned. And um, so much so that he actually went on to narrate audiobooks. Oh, no way. Yeah. Isn't that mad? And uh, so I think I had gathered up lots of Ed Kemper quotes for that interview. That was how that went. But we never like fully like did the story of Ed Kemper. I'm ready. In that episode or anything like that. Okay. So... Ed Kemper. He murdered eight people. That's a lot. It's quite a few. It's um, pretty bad, actually. Three of them were members of his family. Whoa. Yeah. Which and three would you kill? You only have three. There's none left in mine. They're already mm. dead. Uh, yeah, I'm short on people as well. <laughs> I mean... You have a spare. I have a spare. If you're going to kill three. The kids. Oh, oh. Jesus. Keep Seb. Keep keep Seb. Is it? <laughs> no way. Seb wouldn't. No, no. Seb, my mum got to go. I suppose. Which members of his family? Okay. Did he have many to spare. He had a few to spare. Okay, so let me tell you a bit about Seb. Uh, Seb was about to say Edmund 
Emil Kemper III. So he was born in 1948. Uh, December birthday. What's that? A uh, Sagittarius? What date in December? 18th of yeah, December. Yeah, he's a Sag like myself. Very Sa- sensitive souls. Sensitive, sensitive souls. Very independent. Um, He's giving Capricorn, I will say, because they are the most annoying of the Zodiac. Do you think? All Capricorns listening, you know it's true. <laughs> um, Self-aware and annoying. I think they're also very organized. Uh, now, I don't know how organized Ed was, actually, to be honest. He was a bit chaotic. Okay, so he was the middle of three children. He had an older sister and a younger sister. And his dad was Edmund Emil Kemper Jr., a.k.a. the second, I presume. And um, he was a World War II veteran. Um, and then after the war, he worked testing nuclear weapons. Funny enough. And then uh, worked as an electrician. And he hardly gets a fucking look in in this story. Because as usual. Left. It's well left. Exactly. And it's the mother who is largely blamed. Okay. Clarnell is her name, which is, I would say, an unusual one. I don't know how many. How would you shorten that? Clarnell Elizabeth Kemper. And okay, no. so Nell. Mm. They had a very fractious marriage. The hell is Nell another way to the, when you're called Nell? Nell. Nelly. Chanel. Penelope. <laughs> Chanel. <laughs> Lanyard. <laughs> Do you remember Hamish? That was another pandemic <laughs> one. <laughs> so we've got to get the labs out because so much horror is coming. So much horror is coming. So um, Ed, Ed Jr., dad, Ed. Yeah. Um, d- fucking hated Clarnell you wonder how these people get together and then have three Mm. kids Mm. but seemingly hated Clarnell and anyone who's ever like examined the story has like retroactively decided that she had borderline personality disorder which is not how you make accurate mental health diagnoses Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm so deeply in defense of Clarnell except that I just feel like you can't always blame no the mom no. Even though she definitely had some very, very dubious parenting styles. Um, she also, I've seen it in some places say that she was an alcoholic. Okay. Um, but I haven't seen it everywhere. So who knows? Maybe just like an alcoholic by American standards. Mm. They are, they're a different type of alcoholic to Irish alcoholics. Oh, yeah. That's in just, what? In, in they consume a regular amount of alcohol. <laughs> or what we would consider regular alcohol. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not actually that they're different alcoholics. It's just that the Bars, social mores bar, yeah. are so different Higher. that they are treated. They're treated as alcoholics sooner than Irish people are treated as alcoholics. So yeah. actually, maybe it's working out better for them. OK, so anyway, um, later, Ed, Ed, the dad, Ed Jr., said of his marriage that... Uh, Quote, suicide missions in wartime and the atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with Clarnell. Oh, oh my God. And that she did him more damage than more than 396 days and nights of fighting on the front did. In the name of God. So what I, did a Clarnell harsh, do? A harsh indictment. Or is he just trying to pass the book? Presumably this all came out after. I would say there's, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to like, I wasn't there. 
fine. You never know what's going on inside another person's family. And we know some of what Clarnell did, all right. But like, to be honest, it's uh, Clarnell feels very chicken and egg stuff. But atomic with, bomb with the uh, with her treatment of Ed. We'll mm-hmm. get into it. Okay. okay, Ed when he was born. He weighed, and bearing in mind, he went on to be six foot nine. Wow. And I don't know, I mean, a hefty enough weight because you're six foot nine. I mean, his poor 300 pounds or something. Imagine that Um, coming after you. I mean, terrifying. Mm -hmm. But like, he actually had a kind of, like, he just looked, he had a real regular guy face. Yeah. Atop this this body. Mm. Um, So when he was born, he weighed... 13 pounds holy shit oh, wow. which is more than two of my babies put together weight no way yeah like that is a hefty baby yeah that's yeah. big i mean that's ginormous like i would say an av- what do you think an average baby weight is seven seven or eight or pounds maybe yeah. huge like poor clarnell where where's she went on to have another family? kid after that he was the middle child okay Someone probably fell out oh yeah oh uh, god yeah so anyway, like by the time he was four, he was already towering above all the other kids in oh. his class. And from a very early age was exhibiting signs of psychopathy. Yes. The usuals. Cruelty to animals. Sorry, Cass, you're going to hate this. Mm. When he was 10, he buried the family cat alive. Oh. Very hard to do that. I mean... It's get, it's literally cat in the bag stuff. Like cats will fucking fight you. Yeah. So maybe he stunned us though. Oh. Anyway. What age was he? That was, ten. was he oh, ten. ten. That wasn't even enough for him. He then dug it back up and then decapitated the cat. Oh my god. And then mounted the cat's head on a spike. And did what then? <laughs> Terrorize the other cats in the neighborhood. <laughs> I think he had the cat spike head in his wardrobe huh. and the rest of the wardrobe was kind of littered with bits and bobs of the cat like a punch and judy kind and of show and i mean i think that he was i think his intention was to well a satisfy his morbid curiosity pleasure from the killing and then to terrorize his sisters and his okay. mother and he said that he got a lot of pleasure from lying to the family about the cat like, where was the cat? Has anyone seen the cat? And Ed was fucking had a boner from pretending he knew nothing about the cat. I think so he was like um, very disturbing. Going underneath mm. his sister's windowsills outside. Just the bobbing the, the cat head along. Oh, God. Potentially. Um, pretending the cat was going down in a lift. <laughs> pretending the cat was in a canoe. Oh. We all know. Um, the stairs. The stairs, the stairs is classic. The number one did it this morning to my own child. <laughs> but she stared at me for longing through the way. Get me out of here, Jen. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Jen. Jen O-D-W-Y-E-R. <laughs> As I fake stepped out of it. Did like a jolly laugh. Her tears, <laughs> tear streaked face watching me. Oh, God. Bit of Kemper in a soul. To, I was about to say, looking forward to seeing... Uh, what she does to those cats of yours in a couple of years time. Um, at the age of 13, he um, killed another family cat because he thought the cat uh, was uh, 
favoring his younger sister. Oh, oh jealous okay. over him, and he was jealous. And so then he kept pieces of that cat in his uh, wardrobe until Clarnell found them. Mm. And um, he loved going at the sisters' dolls, um, pulling their heads off. Said later he loved the very satisfying of pulling a head off a doll. Now. Listen. Putting head off a doll. A doll. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Like, we'll be worried about that. Like we all tortured the Barbies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was par for the course. Scissoring them away and stuff. He did have some other interesting childhood games. Um, <laughs> Not everybody did Just that. Just me. Yeah. Do you everyone did the Barbie scissors? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I didn't. Ironically. That's ironic. Ironically. <laughs> um, well, you knew even then that it was a complete waste of time. Waste of time. <laughs> like, unless somebody has like a distended clit <laughs> that can stimulate <laughs> another person's clit, <laughs> it's not going to be, I don't know, like. Sure, look, see, me, look, everyone's making it work. If you've scissored and said, actually, I will mount a defense of scissoring. Get it, get in it, get it into the old comments. Which over there are on the none. Patreon. Over on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, okay, so other favourite childhood games. He liked to play Gas Chamber and Electric Chair, um, in which he'd ask his sister to tie him up and ask her to flip an imaginary switch and then he would writhe around on the floor pretending he was being executed. Um, so I'm still not overly concerned if uh, I was Clarnell. I think what Ed was it's was a real the cats is concerning in storing the parts storing of Storing the, the bits wardrobe. of the cats. The bits of cats. Accidents can happen. Oh, Jen. God. And then him panicking, trying to hide. I don't know if burying the cat, taking it back up, decapitating it and sticking it on a spike was an accident. No, I don't think that was the act of somebody panicking. I think that was somebody reveling. Enjoying I see. Absolutely reveling. Now, um, are we surprised that his sisters at different times tried to kill him? No. <laughs> in real life? Yes. Well, one, his oldest sister tried to push him in front of a train. Um, and then another time, same sister um, pushed him into the deep end of a swimming pool. He'd um, just be standing up in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fool me once. I think what he was was a real buzz wreck on the whole house mm. is what we can probably infer. Yeah, from early like, door, they were like, this is a mistake. This, he needs to leave. He's just creeping us out. Yeah. He's hurting the pets. And he's growing enormous. We can't control him. Yeah. Mm. And so he was very close to his dad. But then Clarnell and Ed... Um, divorced and Ed lived with Clarnell and apparently they had a very bad relationship and um, by all accounts and by all accounts I think we're talking about Ed's accounts because Clarnell didn't live to tell the tale and I I don't know if the sisters weighed in they might have and said our mom was terrible to Ed but also I kind of can't picture that feel a bit like they might be just at that stage a bit fucked off with Ed. Yeah. After he killed three members of their family. And the and, pets. Uh, the pets. Yeah, the cat. Uh, just, just not. So I'm not enough. sure who this information came via, but certainly Ed was probably not singing her praises, but said that like he often, she kind of belittled him and would like say really cruel things. And if this is what she said, then it is awful. Like, you know, that no woman would ever love him. And he described her as a sick, angry woman. 
and um that she um sorry it's kind of funny just described him as a real weirdo Mm. (laughs) she did yes but it sounds like he was a real weirdo yeah at one point he stalked one of his national school teachers with a bayonet oh for god's sake used to go to her house and just like peeping tom her but like why the bayonet ed and where did you get it exactly Mm. like he was really young um like i think that was before he was 13 and so anyway he was a torment he yeah and so he ran away from home at 14 and i'd say they were a bit relieved absolutely um and he went to his dad's house fine though well, he looked like a grown person, I'd say, by then. I'd you were say, like, just get a job and leave us alone. Absolutely. Get an apartment. Yeah. Um, and so he went and ran away to the dad's house in another part of California. But uh, was not welcomed with open arms. Well, imagine he didn't find this out until he arrived that the dad had remarried and now had a stepson. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And so then he stayed with the dad for a while. But then it seems like the new wife was like, Get that this. freak out of my house. <laughs> yes. 30 year old, 14 year old <laughs> yes. needs to leave. Needs to go. And so that was when they sent Ed to live with um, his grandparents, dad Ed's parents. So the paternal grandparents, you know, not Clarnell's parents, basically. And they lived in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada, about two miles outside of the nearest town. So a little bit little bit kind of away from things shall we say and uh, Ed seemingly hated living with his grandparents uh, so much so that he murdered them both at 15 holy shit it was August of 1964 and Ed was sitting at the kitchen table with Maud uh, his granny and they had an argument and she he said again this is a lot of he said so he's described her as very controlling and that like Ed nothing you can say nothing you can say nothing is ever you're never going to turn and be like you're right to kill her no you're like you know what Ed fair so after the case after the fact here's him giving reasons these are all the reasons that she had to be killed exactly exactly so he uh, after the row stormed off and got uh, the rifle that the grandfather had misguidedly given him for hunting. Sure, the Americans would be all at that. I suppose. Sure, give a 15-year-old a rifle. Like, their yeah. frontal lobes aren't developed yet, but have at it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he went back to the kitchen. Granny Maud was uh, sitting at the kitchen table working on her children's book. Aww. And he shot her in the head. Where was the granddad? So, granddad wasn't in the house. Um... And he came home and when he was coming home, um, Ed went out and shot him out uh, like when before he even got into the house. Okay. Just like n- out on the driveway because he just didn't want granddad to find out. Oh, it's just to he killed Hassle. granny, so he killed granddad also. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so, so then he was alone in the gaff. And then they also th- believe that there was post mortem stab wounds done to the granny. 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Resist. Like, what are you at it? desperate anyway he didn't he was a bit he was flailing at that point and phoned clarnell and clarnell was like call the police ed she he confessed to clarnell yeah so and what did she she, he said i've i'm after killing granny after killing and then i killed granddad yeah and clarnell was like oh jesus call call the the local police which okay i'm not nearby ed what do you want me to do about it okay yeah well, you know. Yeah, but no, the, okay. She, 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 no, no. she clearly, I'd say, was upset. But also... I'd say she was disturbed. It's an irrational answer. Yeah, yeah. And so he just called the police and waited for them to come and arrest him. But he was okay. 15. He was so 15. he was a child, so he's not going to be serving super time. Yeah. And so when they asked him, like, why did you do this, Ed? He is quoted as saying, just wanted to see what it felt like to kill grandma. Um, and then he in the courts he said yeah he just had killed the granddad then uh, just so he wouldn't find out that his wife was dead and be annoyed with Ed wow. for what he'd done and um, so court psychiatrists diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia Okay, but later he was found to be sane Okay. I mean, not that paranoid schizophrenia is a marker of insanity, but, you know, um, the, that one's, he, was that, sent he was 15 at the time. Because of was... that diagnosis, he wasn't sent to prison. He was sent to a hospital, maximum security hospital. Interesting. And um, for how long? So he was uh, in prison until his 21st birthday. And oh, when he just ripened. Ready for release. Just ready for release. Had reached the full six foot nine by then, no doubt. Mm. Now, when he was in the mental uh, mental hospital, what do you call that again? <laughs> the, <laughs> the state hospital for mentally ill convicts. Yes. Um, the doctors in the hospital were like, this guy is not paranoid schizophrenic. Interesting. Okay. They were like, there's no delusions. There's no hallucinations. No evidence of bizarre thinking. They said that he is um, has an above average IQ, and um, so they yeah they got impulse control issues. They said mm. bit of a personality tr- 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 sorry personality trait disturbance is what gotcha. they called it, which I would say is an understatement. But they weren't able to reverse the release date. It didn't matter. He'd served his time. Well, yeah, I mean, this was during his time in the hospital. He, like, made nice with all his psychiatrists and he was a model prisoner. And he 
was trained to administer psychiatric tests to other inmates. Sorry, what? Which is very... What, what does that mean? They so, said, here's a teenager. Why don't we train you up to test other inmates? They were short-staffed. They was really, really... They said... In a white lab coat, your man had passed for anything. Yeah, probably. Well, true, yeah. They were like, we'll just lash He you looks in like there. a middle-aged doctor. You go review Jimmy. Yeah. Savile. Yeah. Do the bits. No one else wants to talk to him. Yeah. And he did. He, there's like, there's reports that he like helped develop some new tests and new scales on the Minnesota multiphasic personality inventory. So, I mean, is he doctoring? I don't he might know. be doctoring. How was that allowed to be? They said that he was a very good worker. Now, hang on they a didn't second. think he was, he was serving a s- time for mur- double yeah. murder. Yeah, he, he wasn't employed by the hospital, but it seemingly he was. It maybe it was like an internship, mm. you know, and there'd be potential for work at the end of the internship. You'd sort of you can imagine there years and years gone by more and more just helping. The more Ed is helping. Suddenly he's a member of staff. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, Ed's on he's tonight. Like, Can I get the day off tomorrow? Well, exactly. yeah. well, Ed, Ed needs no days off. No, he's not checking out early. He's going uh, nowhere. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Jimmy Savile running the hospital it's again. Jimmy. It's Jimmy running the hospital. Um, they didn't believe him to be a sociopath. Um, well, fool me once. But it definitely seems to be he problematic really... to teach Ed how these tests worked. Yes. So that then later An he oversight. could manipulate later psychiatrists. He has a very long neck. <laughs> he also Doesn't said... He? Oh, that's just long and tall people have that. I'm long and tall. I don't have a particularly long neck. I'd say you have a good I long neck. you've got yeah. a good long neck. Yeah. All right, okay. I mean, lovely like long. Good. Re- regal. Like it's positive. Yeah. Like the opposite, the real short neck, that'd be... Mm. That wouldn't necessarily be as desirable, you would say. Do you think rugby players necks kind of retract over time in order to protect themselves from neck injury could it be sort of a, uh, like an, an evolutionary, evolutionary thing? thing probably it's those trap muscles I'm working on mine oh right yeah They're so they there. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. not that the head is retracting no, it's, it's the that the shoulders are rising mm. gotcha okay so he's out happy 21st birthday Ed um, literally released on his birthday I can picture, I can picture all of the hospital staff seeing him off with a little cake and wishing him well. Picked up by Clarnell? Um, yeah, so he was released into the care of Clarnell. Uh-oh. Um, and she had, in the time that he was in prison, she had remarried and then divorced again. Okay. Clarnell, kind of unlucky in love. Oh. And she had three separate marriages. Okay. And she was alone then. Uh, just with the not now massive son here now. Yeah, massive, massive son. He's doctor. He's got his doctorate in. So, a few years after his release, at the age of twenty-four, they said, "Okay, you're better now, Ed, and we will completely expunge your juvenile records." I think that's standard issue. I mean, I think that is the case with juvenile. Even murderers. Yes, I believe so. Wow. They just wipe it off their record. I, well, I could be wrong. So Depends like, on the country, I'm sure. I'm like 
I'm 22 years late for committing oh, you have no a hope. really bad crime. No, no, you're you're absolutely, you're, the gig is up. The gig's up, damn your, it. Your window has closed. You guys could complete crimes though because like life imprisonment for you guys isn't that long. Well, that's true. <sighs> yeah. It's only been like three, three and a half, three and a half years. Few <laughs> years. And we could also try and claim senility true. in the courts. Okay, so final word from his hospital psychiatrist or his probation officer psychiatrist who had been looking at had kind of keep been casting the eye over Ed yeah for those few years that he was out but before his 24th birthday and the doctor said if I were to see this patient without having any history available or getting any history from him I would think that we were dealing with a very well adjusted young man who had initiative intelligence and who was free of any psychiatric illnesses it is my opinion that he has made an excellent response to the years of treatment and rehabilitation and I would see no psychiatric reason to consider him to be of any danger to himself or, or to oh any way. member of society um, and since it may allow him more freedom as an adult to develop his potential I would consider it reasonable to have the old permanent expunction of his juvenile records very good Ed won that round mm-hmm. um, so he he uh, he was living in Santa Cruz by then with Clarnell and he attended community college for a bit and uh, but he was really not get, have, getting on with Clarnell at all. I forgot to say one thing about Clarnell now that she did do when he was a kid that wasn't great was she used to put him down in the cellar of the oh, house okay. and the door to the cellar was like underneath the kitchen table. Oh God! So they'd be dining so, above him. So yeah, they they could have been having like family dinner up above him, which is not great. Let's not judge. Anyway, but I would <laughs> lock him away too if he was killing animals. Well, exactly. Yeah, um, and so him and Clarnell were just like fighting endlessly, viciously. I but I don't know whether like what was the content of these fights. I just don't know. He says it was just always over stupid things. Like him killing like, his grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ed? Ed? Ed, like, it's you need to shut up and put up because you killed your grandparents. And you've somewhere to live now. Yeah. Oh, God. You'd really put a foot through his face, wouldn't you? I would fucking the hate ingrate. to live with someone who had killed my parents-in-law. These were... I'd be so fucking scared. These weren't Clarnell's mum and dad now that he killed. No. His dad's parents. It was the in-laws. Yeah, her in-laws. And did he, he ever speak one... to his dad again? Not really. He's not on the scene. Okay. The um, he said one of their rows was about whether Ed would have his teeth cleaned. So it's very, very odd. Uh, he did finally save enough money to move out and go live with a friend. And... Um, like, but he couldn't get away from Clarnell. She was constantly like popping up for surprise visits and then like he was constantly out of money so he'd have to go crawling back to her house and stuff like that and um so at that time as well he was cultivating a very intriguing friendship with a whole bunch of the police officers around town and um he had tried to join the police force um but he was, was he rejected. I think he may have been too big. Yeah, I remember reading that as well. I wonder if that's the case. I would say that was an excuse. Yeah, mm. probably. I'd say Let's they were honest, like, you're a murderer, guy. a double murder. Uh, they wouldn't it. have known that. Of course. Yeah. Oh, it's so dark, isn't it? Yeah, so dark. But anyway, he couldn't be in the police force 
but he could try and be friends with them. So he used to hang around in a bar called the Jewelry Room and um, he was later described as a friendly nuisance. <laughs> big Ed. They just said, oh, that's Big Ed. We have to tolerate him because he's 6'9". What's the nuisance element? He was just too much I think he was just to trying to be friends. Oh, I and see. you know, if someone's trying to be friends with you melty, against your will. The smell yeah. of want off them. It's yeah. just, it becomes too much. You probably knew yeah. everything about the police force. Yeah, and this, oh, there's being friendly and then there's being eager. I see. Fine line. Okay. Here's a really random one that I never knew. He was engaged. Oh. Yes. When he was about 25, he was engaged to a 17 year old. Naturally. She was still in high school at the time. And like, I just can't believe that they were together over a year before he the killed her. engagement was broken off by his second arrest. Thank God I she never survived. knew this. Yeah. And so basically she her name has never been revealed. Oh, wow. Because yeah. oh, she was underage. Well, well yeah. And like protecting protection. her identity, mm. I guess. Um, so that's when he started working for the highway division and um, he uh, like oh, he had an accident um, uh, at one point riding a motorcycle. After that, he got a car and the car now would prove to be like you can only carry so many victims on a motorcycle and put more people in a car unfortunately oh, God. so he had started noticing that there was like a lot of like young women hitchhiking in the area mm -hmm. as was totally the norm for the time and so he started stocking the car with like sanitary towels accessories for women murder doing murders oh no plastic bags knives. I was thinking like hair bobbins Claire's accessories <laughs> become some kind of traveling accessory van just to lure, lure in, in with the girls ovens. we all need an extra one there's never a time <laughs> that you never don't need have one. a spare one so but it was knives ropes bin bags bleach handcuffs handcuffs so he picked up the first few without doing anything and he dropped them to the location desired and they left yeah just totally normal and he said that he estimates that he picked up about 150 hitchhikers without incident. Okay. That he was just, it's like he was just testing the waters. Building and up a reputation as being a good hitchhike picker-upper. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, for the CB. He then started to experience homicidal blended with sexual urges. The worst kind of combination. Uh-huh. And he called these urges his little zapples. Zapples cute. is kind of cute. kind of cute. That's he started getting the little zapples. It's really creepy. It's really creepy. Um, and he had he had this whole kind of, I think, bumbling nice guy persona, mm. perhaps. But like real kind of incel. Like definitely the grandfather of the incel movement. BFT. Like one thing he said was that um, of the women that he killed, he said they were flaunting in my face the fact that they could do any damn thing they wanted and the society is as screwed up as it is. What the fuck are you talking about, Ed? So, what are you talking about, Ed? Um, flaunting so, it, like what? That moving around in the world? Yeah. Just like a woman. autonomous people. Right. Yeah. Um, so then we have... Or was he was shackled by an expunged record. 
<laughs> yeah. At a, at a person looking after. I mean, what yeah, are we, yeah, yeah, your mother giving him money. Yeah. Like she gave Asking him shit him as well. But teeth. you did kill your grandparents. Yeah. Um. So then basically uh, from May 1972 to April 1973, it's only 11 months, Ed packed in eight murders. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. He just went on this absolute spree. So he killed five college students, one high school student, Clarnell got it, oh. and Clarnell's best friend. Did Cl- Clarnell rumble him? And is that why? How, yeah, how no. did he get caught? No. So basically, he um, picked up female students who were hitchhiking, and then he would take them to like isolated areas, and then he would like, Shoot, or stab, or smother, or strangle them, and just abandon, have his mm. way, and then abandon. Oh, do the business. And no, then... no, he would take their bodies home. Oh, and do two Clarnells, Clarnells got terrible, terrible things. He was living out of home at that point. Okay, I'm pretty positive. Um, who was he... the other murderer? So, who was living with the granny? Had the bodies back? The granny, Jeff Dammer. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. There's a real passion of killing the cats and then killing the grandparents and then killing other people. Yeah, and the mood getting to live, like an extended so family watch out trying for to the help. signs, guys. Do you know? Yeah, if somebody kills their granny, don't go on a date with them. Exactly. Yeah, like I wonder, did that ever come up with his girlfriend that he was engaged to? I imagine I not. I wouldn't say he brought it up. Imagine a bit of a yeah yeah relationship killer. I'm sure. Yeah, it's not great Literally. for talk. Yeah, <laughs> not ideal. This um, reminds me of granny. God rest oh, God. her. God rest she her. What so happened annoying. to your granny? Yeah. <laughs> I'd bludgeon her to death. Um, so, yeah, he said in interviews, again, passing the book, that he'd often go searching for victims after an argument with his mother. Um, so she worked at the university at that point um, in town and she refused to introduce him to any women attending the university. Again, I think probably because she mm. knew he was a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would say, you're just like your father. You don't deserve to get to know them. That this is what he says, she said. I imagine it was way more along the lines of what about granny and granddad? Exactly. Mm. Um, and um, so, yeah, he started killing these poor young women and like they're just horrible, um, horrible deaths. Like, because you'd kind of put one of them in the back of the car. So she'd be like hemmed in. You know, those kind of cars where you can't get out yeah. but through the front. And then he'd have the one in the passenger seat. Oh, he'd be picking up two people at the same time. He picked up two uh, two sets of two and two solos. My God. And he, like, would start heading where they wanted to go. And then he'd just start, like... Drifting into different. another direction. Oh my god, so scary! And just so so scary. Didn't he have the pass on his car, like his mother's college staff badge? Yeah, so that he could kind of go through the university and like unremarked upon. And if you were getting into in the car, his car, yeah, you might be like, "Oh, this is a person Somebody who works at least in the college, yeah. exactly." Yeah, He's connected yeah. to somewhere I know. So his. Third and fourth victims, or the first two of this killing spree, were Marianne Pasch- Paschi, Paschi and Anita Lucessa. 
And basically, I mean, he did all the killings out in an isolated place. And then he put their bodies in the trunk of his car and went back to his apartment. But on the way to the apartment was stopped by a police officer because one of his back lights, his brake lights were not working. With two bodies in the boot. Yeah. And so the police officer didn't remotely detect that there was bodies in the boot. He was cool as a cucumber. Ed, big Ed. Big affable Ed. Did they know him? Probably. Probably. Mm. From the jury room. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so bar. Ed's ke- her roommate wasn't at home. So he took the bodies into his apartment and then he absolutely had his way. Like photographing them, necrophilia, dismemberment. Oh my God. Everything. Like everything. Decapitated them. He seemed to have done that thing oh, with Jesus. the neck that you can imagine he did the neck thing yeah absolutely yeah oh my god and he basically bagged up their remains and kind of scattered them and stuff like that um and so then like a few months later um he picked up aiko ku who was a 15 year old dance student mm-hmm. and she was hitchhiking to class because she'd missed her bus and he like imagine she's so young she's 15 and he was driving her to this remote area and then he pulled a gun on her and then bumbling very bumbling lumbering around and he accidentally locked himself out of his own car with her inside and the gun was still was in the the car with her but she couldn't get she let him back in yeah i I think the I'd say he just yeah, look fucking scary. Yeah, talked to her. Or like he was going to break her. the window to get in anyway. It exactly, wasn't like, and it the wasn't, chance of her yeah. being able to fumble around with the gun and get it firing in the right direction very mm. small as well. Yeah, yeah. She had no hope, and so she went into the boot of the car as well. And then like he headed Same back again. home on his way home, stopped for a few drinks, and then after he left the bar, he went out to his car in the car park, opened the boot just to have a little look at his stash his catch and then brought her back to the apartment <clears throat> did all the same things again um they mounted a huge search um for her um but no responses on the search then it was a few months later again in january of the next year that he'd moved back in with his mother at this point when he picked up an 18-year-old called Cynthia Ann Schall and he took her to the remote place and he shot her and then he placed her in the boot of the car as always and then he drove back to his mom's house and he put her in a wardrobe in his room overnight until his mom had gone out for work the next morning. Like, just wild. Imagine bringing a corpse from a car into a house that your mother is in well he did that intentionally obviously because he I he probably stopped caring yeah know? yeah and he did all of the like all the usual stuff in the mother's bathtub mm. and then apparently kept um Shaw's head for several days and then buried it in the garden facing his mother's bedroom window fucking hell it's a weird man isn't he very weird man he had a little joke about that later after his arrest saying Clarnell always wanted people to look up to her 
it is um so then the following month so like he's absolutely fucking rampaging at this point um he and is there a manhunt well there's all these different disappearances so we've had four in the space of like nine months and uh, no bodies no bodies yeah exactly and um so he in february picked up rosalind thorpe and alison Liu, and again like remote area killed them brought them back to the mom's house this is mad he beheaded them in the car oh my god and then carried the headless corpses into the house what how was all of this with no witnesses i know and then he did the same he discarded their remains in like remote locations he took care to remove the bullets so that they couldn't be traced back to him sure he was studied it at this point yeah yeah exactly years of planning mm. knowledge about the police force yeah exactly exactly and so that was finally when he kind of came to the end of the road and they always said that he had always been wanting to kill Clarnell mm. and that like all of these poor women were like collateral damage on his journey to like yeah. getting to the source kind of and so basically um it was in April of 1973 and um, she, Clarnell, was like just back from a party, sitting up in her bed, reading a book and Ed came into her room and Clarnell goes, I suppose you want to go, you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. And Ed said, no, good night. And then he waited for her to fall asleep and then he just, oh, like bludgeoned her with a hammer and slit her throat. Oh my God. And did all of the stuff yeah. that he always does with his mother's corpse. Fucking hell. And he also said later that he put her head on a shelf and just screamed at it for an hour. What a oh fucking loser. Fucking Grow hell. Up. Fucking hell. And so then he put the mother in a closet and went for a drink. And then, this is so baffling, when he got home, he invited his mother's best friend, Sarah, over to have dinner and watch a movie. And then when she arrived, he killed her. And he said later it was so that there'd be a cover story that he could say his mom and Sarah had gone on vacation together. Oh, God. And then um, he put Sarah in the cupboard as well. And then he left a note that said approximately 5.15 a.m. Saturday. No need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible, murderous butcher. It was quick, asleep the way I wanted it, not sloppy and incomplete, gents. Just a lack of time. I got things to do, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So then he fled and drove to Colorado for, which is a journey that is 1,600 kilometers. Um. He had three guns and rounds of ammunition and he thought he was about to become the target of like a massive mm. scale manhunt. So he was keeping an ear out on the radio to see if there had been any news about the murders of Clarnell and Sarah. And then he, there was nothing. So he found a phone booth and called the police and confessed. But the police were like, oh, Ed, 
and didn't take it seriously. Oh my God. And then told him to call back later. Call back later. Fucking hell. So, so later, Ed called back and asked to speak to a police officer that he knew personally, presumably from the old jury room. Mm. And he told that police officer that he'd killed Clarnell and Sarah. And then he waited for police to arrive and take him into custody. And it was when he was taken into custody that he confessed to the murder of the six other young women. And uh, when he was asked why he turned himself in, he said that the original purpose was gone. It wasn't serving any physical or real or emotional purpose. It was just a pure waste of time. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it much longer. Towards the end there, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing. And at the point of near exhaustion, near collapse, I just said to hell with it and called it all off. He was just exhausted. He would be. He was exhausted. So what did he, he got life in prison, presumably? So yeah, indicted on eight counts of first degree murder. I mean, he, uh, he confessed. His lawyer said, you've got to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. And he tried to commit suicide twice while he was in custody. Um, didn't uh, that didn't pan out for him? And they psychiatrist appointed by the court said this guy's sane. He's yeah. not insane at all. And um, so what a dangerous. They also said that he had engaged in cannibalism, but it seems like this might be the one thing he didn't, he didn't get up to. Um, and um, they like people's reported that like he loved the infamy, and um. You know, that that might have been to do with why he um, said that he had engaged in cannibalism. Just to like just to trump it up yeah. a bit more. Um, he actually took the stand in his own trial. And he said that he had wanted to kill these victims for so that he could keep them forever. Basically like possessions. Um, he himself asked for the death penalty and requested for death by torture. Um, but... There Can was a moratorium. I know. I've never heard of anything like it. There was a moratorium placed on capital punishment by the Supreme Court of California at the time. So he received life for each count. And um, he uh, was imprisoned. And I think when he was in prison, he kind of got friendly with um, our old friend Ted Krasinski. Oh. Uh, or is it Kaczynski? Um there was uh, obviously he narrated audiobooks for a charity program. Um, he how was that allowed to happen? Apparently, narrated over five thousand hours Jesus. of audiobooks, and um, like I think some of it was like Dickens and stuff like that. Bizarre. Um, he was keeping him busy. Kept in the same prison as Charles Manson and um, Herbert Mullen, who had also been killing in the Santa Cruz area. And he's kind of a random one, actually. He killed 13 people saying that he was killing them to prevent this, like, catastrophic earthquake from taking place. So, like, a bit of a supernatural sort of, uh, you know, there. But we don't know Mm. that he didn't prevent some terrible earthquake. But sadly, 13 innocent people died. Um, But Ed, not a fan of Herbs, didn't like him. Gotcha. I would say didn't like him just because... He was operating around the same time Killed in the same people. area. Yeah. Hard not to compare. Just yes. exactly. But uh, 
he also was very disdainful of um, Herb for being five foot nine. Oh. A, a foot shorter than him. And he described Herb as just a cold blooded killer. Oh. Killing everybody he saw for no good reason. Ver- says Ed. Versus Ed. Did mm. any remorse here at all? Um, Any remorse? No, I'd imagine. No, like all the interviews and stuff like that. He just has like got this really flat delivery of like very matter of fact. What happened? Just very. And like sometimes he pulls out these weird little details as if they in some way like excuse him or like paint him in a better light like, like he said at one point his mother yeah or like he said at one point was during one of the killings he like accidentally grazed one of the women's breasts and said like oh excuse me uh like as if he was like sorry for the violation and then I'll kill then you. he proceeded to kill and violate. violate um so yeah it's um he also was involved with the uh forming of the criminal behavioral um arm of the fbi yeah, uh, yeah. mind hunter yeah. on netflix uh has them interviewing him there I don't know where they got that actor amazing he was an Likeness. amazing actor very very tall and uh yeah so he went for parole like through the 80s 90s 2000s denied pr- parole um, they said he'd been a model prisoner, but because of the enormity of his crimes. And then he denied uh, in 2017 and he's next up for parole next year. 2023. Four. Yeah. I mean, so there's a wow. chance he could be out. No, he'll hardly get it. I just surely well, not. If they're going to parole board him, there's got to be a potential. Why would they bother? They have to, and they just it's yeah, a it's border. a formality. Jesus, that's thank scary. you, Sophie. That was epic, absolutely epic. Thank you. I feel like we've told a bit of him throughout the years. Yeah, never the full. We've brushed up against it. Yeah, yeah, it's been fatigue. I mean, if anyone wants to be more horrified and disturbed, the interviews. There is more details, but I think there was an appropriate amount of horrifying and disturbing. I feel like so um, much of it is just so. He's a true. I don't know why of all of the images in the whole story, it's the pulling the headless corpses out of a car on like a residential street yeah, and bringing the them house. into an apartment. Batshit. Mental. Um, thank you all. We Come love you. Consider, on the hive. consider becoming a patron. Mm. Patron.com forward slash the creep dive. We'll you get you first. Yes. See you at the live shows. You get first dibs on the live shows. There's hours of more of this type of thing. Should you wish, dip your toe, see if you like it. Dip your gout. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.